Welcome to the 180 Ministry Podcast. Please check us out at the1-80.org. Friends, Jesus is coming soon. Is more true than ever before. Let me do this so my oxygen goes better. <laughs> Jesus is coming soon. Oh, I'm looking forward for that day. The things that are happening now that never happened before, and the realities that are we have been seeing that are happening right now that are more clear than ever before. Jesus is coming soon. And my question is myself, I am transformed enough. <laughs> I am transformed enough to be happy in the presence of Jesus all day long. Today, message... It's about transformation. The transformation that he does in my life. Not the transformation I do doing things. That's also part of it. But the most important one is what he does in me. I am transformed enough. I was an, I was an early 20s man. <laughs> one day I was like that. And then I remember that I hear a testimony of a pastor that his mother was a food pantry leader. And this woman, Paquita Postigo, in Spain, in case you watch this, was having trouble with, with one person that was really bothering her. In the beginning was a volunteer, that later became an enemy, and then turned to an abuser of her financially and in timing, and emotionally, to the point that she was like almost quitting. This gentleman even put core things, and, and she needs to go to court to defend herself, etc., etc. So the pastor one day traveled from some part of Spain to the city of Mam and met this gentleman. And this pastor approached this gentleman and said to him, please, I beg you that you can please, please get away of my mom. Please leave. Get away. You know, it's when, when sometimes we have some, some spiritual attacks and we pray that Jesus will take the, 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 the demons outside of us, right? So he was, please, I'm not telling you you are, you know, but, but please, can you leave my mom alone, please? And you know, this gentleman, instead to be gentle and polite, or even wise, he was just mean. He was even tell him what he's going to do next to his mom. So this pastor in the street listened to those things, kneel before the man. Kneel. I was a shock. And kneel and say, please, I implore you, please leave my mother alone. And the man started laughing. He said, why are you kneeling before me? Why are you begging me to do that that way? He said, because you don't want to know me without Jesus transforming me. And I don't want that to come back. And you don't want to know that man. Please leave my mom alone. And then I was asking to myself, I am transformed enough Or I still have some old Ignatius backgrounds back in my behavior. Well, I'm going to share with you at least one of them today during the service. But my question I want you to ask as we share the word together this morning. And as you're watching, I want you to ask yourself, are you transformed enough? Do you have the right guidelines to follow Jesus wherever he goes because he's coming soon. Let's pray before we open the word of God. Dear Jesus, again, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be present. 
to transform our minds and heart and renew our thoughts so that we can learn from you only. Delete the men, delete the, the, our, our preconcepts, and we want to approach your word with open mind and to learn your truths, to be transformed and to let you, Lord Jesus, transform our lives, present, future, and past. In your name we pray, amen. So I want you to open your Bibles in 1 Peter, the letter, the general letter or epistle of the apostle or disciple Peter, first letter, Peter 1, verse 23. Last uh, sermon, we talked about Peter and Jesus' friendship. You remember? And, 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 and this week, I was, I was thinking about that wonderful, that wonderful uh, learning that I got from Peter and Jesus' friendship and how I can... I can become more friends with Jesus and with respect and honor and, and how, how I can become even better friend. And I was looking at Peter's personality. I was even researching how Peter's personality, some story, historians have said he was. But it's amazing. His two letters, first and second, that's a homework for you to do at home uh, during this week to read this letter, at least letter, first Peter. Uh, and exquisite. It's really beautiful, the message. When you imagine a Peter that was a fisherman, irrational, angry, and easy to fight, that now he's writing these beautiful letters. So I really encourage you to do But this verse really hit me this week. Like, wow. And the Lord impressed that this is the word for this week. That you need to listen. That I need to listen and remember. Because Jesus is coming soon. So in verse 23, and we're going we're gonna to divide this verse and this sermon in two parts. Okay? Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Well, again, I can read the context one over and over and over again, how this is so emphasizing the word of God, his word, and, and how it's emphasizing this concept that hit to me is when you are reading the Bible and you read a verse and then the verse jump from the Bible to your eyes and hit your face sometimes. <laughs> you know, that was this verse to me, especially the first part, the non, not corruptible seed, but incorruptible. And I was like, wow. That was, I look at the Greek, I look at the, at the context, I look at it, and I, it's so rich. And I get to this concept. I get to this concept. The background check. <laughs> How many of you are familiar with background check? Okay, I don't want to ask you why. Okay, no judging, no judging. Okay, no judging here. But there is, <laughs> but there is, there is I would say, two types of back, background check. So the first part of the sermon is the historical part of the sermon, and it's going to be about the, the background, the family background check. And the second part of the sermon is going to be about the eschatological. You know, I'm doing the same way Daniel is divided. Now that we're doing Daniel in Thursday Bible studies at 7, you need to come. You need to watch. You need to enjoy that Bible study. So the second part is the eschatological part of the sermon. And the verse is talking about how the criminal background check, <laughs> related with finance background check, affecting our preparation for the second coming of Jesus. Good. You got, you got, the, you got the, the concept and the structure in mind? So let's, let's go to this concept. So family background check. Probably the first background check I have done in my life intentionally, it was when I met Maggie and Maggie's parents. And you know, well, Pastor, you are not romantic at all, you know? What is kind of love is that? Well, this is the thing. This is the truth. As my dad behaved towards my mom, I got the background in my DNA, my tendencies to treat my future wife. Are you with me? In the same way, I see Maggie's mom treating her dad, that's how I should expect to be treated. So you check the background. And also this gets more complex. When I do marital counseling, I go deep in this concept and we do, you know, you bring into the, to the frontal lobe and then you're coaching all of that. So that's the first 
background check. And you know what I realized? That I wanted to marry her and I was so happy that Jesus chose her to be my wife. But also I realized that I need to change some things in my background <laughs> to become a good husband for her. Because there was something that my dad has that, sorry dad, this is public and live stream now, but you're not perfect. You know that. And I am not. Yeah, because I am your son. I'm not perfect. So there is a couple of background family realities that I needed to change. Ready for the mystery? And I still need to change. Ready for the next mystery? And I will keep need to work on that. Because the desires can be changed, but the tendencies are still there. We need to fight against them all the time. So one of these mistakes that I heritage, that I have in my background family that I don't like, well, one of those is my OCD. You know what OCD is? No, OCD is, and yeah, you, you have that, and so yeah. Um, you know, I put this here. And I expect to be there when I look at it again. Then, now I'm doing a lot of control in, in angry management. Over the years, God, Jesus is helping me a lot when I don't see it there. But you know what is the problem, really? Behind all of that, I figured out that my memory is so small, so tiny, like a fish memory, <laughs> that if it is not there, I lost it. So... This week, I realized that I got a piece of paper 30 days ago. Well, now 30, a few days ago. I got a nice, nice paper for a nice police officer. And this nice paper with, with a lot of beautiful words about caring about my safety and caring about things I suppose not to do. You know the kind of text that you don't want to read much, you know, but mm, are important to pay attention, right? Because, as I share with you, I was texting as driving. You know, sometimes we think we need to do, we can do everything, right? Sometimes we think we are Superman, we can do everything, right? Even we can jump on the pool and we, we believe it's going to be okay. It's not. My dad was like that, is like that, or was like that, is still fighting also as well with that. I inherited that from him. So I got it. I make the mistake. I text on the car. And the funny thing is that when he pulled me over and asked me, and I said, he told me, do you know what I, why, why is stopping you? I said, no. Because I didn't know. Because when he pulled me, when he pulled me out, he pulled me out, I said, oh, why is so? So I put the phone, <laughs> because I was on my phone like this. I put my phone down, and then he said, you were texting as you were driving. Oh. You know, this is what happened with the background check, with the, with the family background check, that you have it so much into you that you think it's okay. Do you, do, it's so natural for you. You have done all your life that you think it's okay. And even we start telling others, hey, that's the way I am. You need to accept me as I am. Somebody here hear that from somebody? Somebody here said it? So, so the police officer was telling me that, and I said, okay, give me, and I, and I said, oh, I, uh, maybe. You know, I went to the maybe spot. And then he asked me for my papers, went down, and I was thinking, and the Lord was telling me, really, maybe? Really, maybe? Then he came back. I know he was with his camera, so I knew that what I'm going to say is going to be recorded and done, you know? I said, you know, officer, I want to thank you for stopping me. You know, that's right. I think I was, I was testing. I was unconscious, but you were right. So thank you for stopping me. And he said, actually, you were texting, you were texting from back the other light. Sure, yeah, I saw you, I follow you, and even you crossed the road twice. Now, seriously? And this is what happened with the background family check. That sometimes we have so much in us 
And we believe it's so normal and it's okay that we don't need to change it, that we're walking fine in life. What we're doing is messing others' life around us. So I lost that paper. I put it in the wrong place. I forgot it about it. So I called this week. <gasps> right? I saw the paper. I, I, I remember. Oh, I, I didn't call. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pay. So I went. I called. And I listened to that beautiful message. Your court day has not been set yet. Not a funny message to listen. And this is what happens when you don't fix things quickly, right? Get even worse. Can it be possible that some of us are here today, listen to this 1 Peter 23 that says, having born again, not of a corruptible seed, but incorruptible. We are not getting the point here. We are not living the new incorruptible seed that we're born into. Can be possible that I, I, I got baptized and I told Jesus, yes, I'm going to give my life to you. And I gave my life and he forgave my sins and I am forgiven now. His mercy is big. Amen. And now I am a new Ignacio. I'm a new person walking in newness of life, like Paul says in Romans. But I forget about my past and I live it as it is. I never deal with it. Let me tell you, my friends, if we don't deal with our background family check, we're going to go back into wrong behaviors. They're going to mess people around us. And the worst, we're going to be far from Jesus. That's what Paul explained, I would say, this time better than Peter, in Galatians 3.29, when he said, let's read it. It's up in Galatians 3.29. Let's go to Galatians 3.29. Galatians, thank you so much. 3.29. Paul explained to the Greeks there, the Galatians says, and if you are Christ, if you are of him, then you are what? Abraham's seed. And here, hers, according to the promise. So if I am truly, I am truly Jesus if, if I am his, if I already gave my whole life to him, that means it's not just my present and my future. It's also my past and my background. Because I now have a different heritage. I am now from another family. I'm now from another lineage. You got it? Now I'm not just the son of my father, a child of God. No, now I am a child of God and a descendant of his people. So my background should change. My past can be also transformed. And I say, what past? What are you talking about? You're going to go back to the past? No, no. I'm not telling that you're going to travel in the past and you're going to visit those things in any kind of way. I'm telling that all the things that happened to you in the past has no dominion over you anymore. Everything that happened to you, all the mistakes you have done in your, in your life, all the wrong behaviors that you heritage or you got on your, on your education or background, you can transform those if you ask Jesus to do it. Paul said that we are Abraham's seed. And then in 1 Peter and 2 Peter, Peter will repeat that we are royal priesthood. We have new nation. How you can get priesthood in the Israelites if you are a Abraham's seed? How you get to be a priest, to be a servant of the Lord, to be one with Christ is when you put also your past, your background into his arms. And you said to him, I want you to take care of all my background check that I inherited from my mom, from my dad, from my, from my family, even from my, from my neighbors and coworkers and boss, all of that thing that I got wrong 
what I get to you when you transform me in the baptism moment. I want not just you to get me changed from now on. I want you to take my past and clean it for me. I want you to take everything that was wrong in the past, even if I suffer some consequences, I want you to take care of them. I want to have a new background, family background. I don't want to be anymore the son of my dad and my mom, which I love them. I love you, Dan and Mom. But it's not that what is the plan. The plan is that we became so close to Jesus, so into our relationship with him, that we became his seed. So my background is not anymore a Goya background, but Jesus' background. So what is the bad childhood experience you want to delete or to stop affecting your personality and attitude today? What is that moment that you felt alone and you want Jesus to come and transform that? What is that bad experience, abusive experience, that you want Jesus to restore whatever was damaged years before? What was that behavior that you have so in depth in you that you want to change, but you say, okay, but that's in the past. That was, that was in the past. I now walk in the newness of life. My friend, my brother, my sister, you, are not, you and I, we're not going to walk in newness of life until we deal with the background check on our family side and we tell Jesus to transform and delete all the bad influences in my life. I need to do that and I keep repeating that. So second homework for today, for this week, make a list. I do that. I did and have done and I will keep doing it. Make a list of things that you have in the past that affected who you are today that you want Jesus to change. That you want Jesus to transform from your past, for your background check family. Met a lady and a pastor that was dealing with this situation. This young lady had issues. Even she gave her life to Jesus in baptism. She, she went to church. She, she followed the best as possible. She had this, this unforgiven feelings towards her dad and mom. She cannot go over those. So the pastor was talking and doing some counseling and coaching. And, and in that point, they did the background family check. And then she said that there was one moment in life, finally, after some coaching, because sometimes it's so into back that you need somebody to talk and to coach. And, 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 and she, she, in trust, came to this pastor. And, and the pastor finally found it with her, make her found. So he said, yeah, that was that day. That day that my, my dad thought that I, it was fun to drop me in the gas station. And say, now you find the way home by yourself. And they say later, when I told them one day, I remember, I told them, Dad, why you did that? That was so mean. Say, oh, we were on the back of the gas station laughing at you. You were like there, crying, knowing we're no woe. And then we said, oh, look at that. She did that so much. So it just was about 35 seconds to her. And she said, you know that? Those 35 seconds for me were like three days. I felt so alone. So alone. So she prayed to Jesus. Jesus, I have this problem. I cannot trust. Even this was affecting his relationship with Jesus. I have a, I have a deep need of you to transform my background check. I need you to do that. Please. Heal that. Transform that. Because it's affecting me today in my work with you and with others. So then she prayed, and she shared this beautiful dream she had. She shared that after that prayer, went to bed, she, she came the, 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 the next week saying, Jesus gave me the best dream ever. So what was that? I had this dream that I was in the gas station. I was asking Jesus in the gas station, where are you? Where are you? I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. And then Jesus said, look at the ground. And then she looked at the ground, and there was a rainy day. There was a little water there. And then she saw Jesus' face reflecting by her. 
right there. And then she said, I know Jesus put that dream over there, but I believe that Jesus was showing me the record in heaven. Even that day, that moment, I wasn't alone. He was with me. So because he was with me, I don't think alone anymore from that memory. So now I can confront my parents, and I called them a few days ago, tell them that I was not alone, I was wrong to do, and I'm okay. What is that bad memory, my friend? What is that family background? What are those mistakes in your past? That maybe you are living the consequences today. Maybe you have a court day soon as well for what you have done that you need Jesus to transform, that you need Jesus to take over. I don't know about you, but I need a background check with Jesus for my family life. Wouldn't you? I don't know if you are watching this live stream, and then you need also this background check. We want to hear about that. I want to also get to know you more, so please write a comment down there. Even put your email address if you want to shoot an email to the church email. It's in the website. What is that background check of your family that Jesus needs to transform? That's the first part of the Bible verse and the first part of the sermon. Let's go to the second one, to the eschatological one, which is the prophetic one, the one that is meaningful in the last days before Jesus comes. That's what the book of Daniel is all about and the book of Revelation and also this second part of the, of the verse is related with. Let's read again 1 Peter 1.23, but now let's put emphasis in the second part of the verse. Let's put emphasis in the second part of the verse. The first one, we have told it, right? Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. That's the transformation we'll be talking about of our family background check. But guess what? Look what he said here. How you get this well done? Through what? Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. My friends, if there is a book that is a life, in this earth is the Bible. There is no other book, just as a book, that can compare to this one. <laughs> because there is not such a book that has been translated, influenced, transforming for good so many people. Yeah, some people took this book to twist it to do wrong things. But well, that's what the devil does all the time, right? Take the word of God, twist it to do the wrong things. You know, Spanish Inquisition... Sorry, guilty of all charges. In my historical background from Spain. The dad took the Bible wrong and used it wrong to do wrong things. So, that may happen, but that doesn't say that this is not a beautiful word. This is a beautiful word. This is the word of God. So, he said that that background check transformation happened through what? Through the word of God. My friends, we are living in the last days. I'm going I'm to say this very bold and clear. We're living in the last days before the second coming of Jesus. This week, only this week, I found two new people, young fellows, or not so young, that have been posting on social media explanations of dreams and visions they have been received from Jesus, telling them that Jesus is coming very, very soon. And that Jesus is waiting for an awakeness and a transformation of the behavior of each one of us. He's especially waiting. Because the second coming is very, very soon. Now, I am always open to hear that Jesus has dreams and visions in somebody's life. I have, been, I have seen happening in myself and to in all the people around me. I know to the Muslim ministry, Muslims brothers and sisters have been dreams and visions that have been getting them closer to Jesus for years. 
is in a, a prophecy in the, in the prophet Joel that your children will see visions and dreams and prophesy and, and, and see. And this is going to happen more and more and more in the last days. Now, I also know that in the last days there's going to be a big deception. And the devil is going to use even in the wrong way the Bible and also the prophetic messages of vision and dreams. So false teachers will come. That's why, please, at home, online, here at the church, don't trust me. <laughs> don't trust what I said. Please trust me because I love you, but you know what I mean. Don't trust what I said. Filter everything with the Word of God. Because, because it's through the Word of God, it's through the Word of God that we can have that transformation of the background check because the Word of God lives and abides forever. That means it's good for all our life, holistically. So why is it important to pay attention to that? Well, because somebody telling you few good things can also embed there some wrong teachings that will get us far from the relationship with Jesus. And that's exactly what is happening nowadays. There is so many good stuff with a little bit of big deception. That we need to be really careful. So my friend that you're watching online, filter everything I said with the word of God. And everything you watch online, filter with the word of God. It needs to be what he said, not what anybody else said. So let's open our words in Revelation chapter 13 to see this realistic thing that is going to happen soon. This is the eschatological part, right? The future part of, of the verse, you know, of the sermon. Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17. Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17. So this is not happening yet. We know that when we study the entire chapter and the entire book, we know the timing because of the visions that you see in Revelation. Very clear, very easy to understand. Very soon we're going to pause in the YouTube channel some good messages about putting light on this, only what the Bible explains itself. But these two verses, I want, I want you to, to now have clear point and let's make a connection here because it's so important. Verse 16. He, the beast... Causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on the right hand or on the foreheads. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. We know this is a symbolic passage that has historical implications. The forehead is that logical part of the brain that we understand things and we say, yeah, that, that makes sense. And it is, is, is the place that we make choices. And the right hand, it, it talks about something that's forcing you to do or not to do. It's ready with your actions. So it's talking about the beast is going to make everybody force. It's going to force, it's going to cause all that force everybody to receive this mark. So there is not going to be way for them to buy or sell. So my friends, let's, let's think in here for a second. If today I'm going to, to get a job, or if you go to, they're going to require for you a couple of things. I don't know if you're aware of that because maybe you're not looking for a job for a while, but I know a good number of people that are in that process right now. That when you go, you need to find your what? Social security, right? Your ID. And they need to do something on you. What is that? Your background check. Your criminal background check. If you want to buy a house, you're going to make a big investment or even a car, you need to bring your 
IDs and information, and they do what on you? Your background check, your financial, right? So the background check is getting more and more popular and needed to do everything. In our days, we are facing a time that cash is going to be longer used. You know, Sweden is a country in Europe that is planning in one year to become cashless. You know, in Europe, we are more advanced. No, no, just a joke, please. They are getting to the point that cash is not needed. There are studies that shows, economic studies that shows that if you go in a, in a country or in a, in a society cashless, you reduce the robberies and assaults in 95% because they're living with cash. But if you have all the money, non-cash, then you have no, no problems with robs or, or thieves, mostly. You can cut all of those things overnight. How that sounds to you? That sounds good, right? Logically right, right? Who is not gonna pay, who is not gonna be in favor of that? I will, right? We will. That's logical. That makes sense and easy. That, 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 is, that is something that we all want. Less thieves, less, less problems. But then that means that they have full control of what you buy or sell. Depends of your background check. You have conditions in what to do or not, right? Now, the other big concept here is that if you're thinking this through very well, when you read Revelation 13 carefully, we know that there's going to be some implications, and I invite you to read at home or ask questions in the comments on the chat, that it's talking about there's going to be an issue of worship, verse 11, 12 especially, Revelation 13, in the last days. There's going to be some forcing of worship in the last days. I don't know about you, I don't like to be forced to worship in any way. That's not Jesus, that's not his way. So the Bible is saying that's very clear, and I know you're getting the point, and I know you'll listen and say, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that some moment in history, very soon, somebody, some government, meets with some political and religious power with worldwide influence is going to say you need to worship in a certain way. Now, thinking of, thinking of this prophecy carefully for a second. Nowadays, we're living in a days that the pandemic, the COVID, is really, really messing many lives. I was a missionary in Ecuador, and I have relationship with, with many people and friends there. And one of them told me, I was talking to them because in Ecuador, they went to the high level of cases and deaths that the cemeteries went overflow, collapse. You listen well, not the hospitals, the cemeteries. They didn't have space for more dead bodies. But they say, the good thing on this is that there is many people that live a day economy, they sell today to buy today. Or they sell today to, to, to get food tomorrow. So the good thing is that because now many people got the virus, now society is open. They open the airport, they open the society, everything is open because they have the social immuno system, you know, that everybody got the virus enough, more than 70% of the population, estimation. So they say this is good. It's good because now there's not going to be more people dying because of financial issues. Are you with me here? Now, when I heard that, I said, okay, so what you're telling me is that you think it is okay, and I was telling to this person, do you think it is okay to have few dying if the majority have more financial security? Oh, yes. I mean, there is a point that if, if you don't do that, if you close so mass the economy, is, 
more are going to die for nutrition issues. Well, that's an interesting point. So that means that for the first time in history, there is a worldwide conscience that if there is a group of people that doesn't comply with the law, if they need to die for the rest of the world to have financial security, that would be acceptable. Are you with me here? Are you with me what is start happening before our eyes? That I have to be honest, even for me as an economist, <laughs> makes sense in numbers. But those are lies, my friends. Those are people that Jesus loved. And I don't know about you, but there's other ways to feed people. There's enough food in this planet to feed everybody twice, every day. Is that we don't build the systems to do it because that will create other issues, as they say. So, my friends, how is it possible that Revelation 13 is telling us that someday, soon, there is going to be a law, a civil law, a legal document that will force everybody to show compliance to a human law in order to buy and sell worldwide. What if that law, that is a human law, is saying me to do something that is different of what the Word of God says me to do out of love for Him? Are you with me here? The Bible says that there's going to be a time very soon that we all going to get a background check <laughs> that for the world is not going to be good. You're broken the law. You're doing the wrong thing. You need to go to court. You need to, you need to show why you are so unfair with the rest of the world. Why you going to go against the good of everybody? Come on, guys. Those are arguments that, hey, you know, let me think about it. Now when you start getting all the words of John and, and Jesus in Matthew says, many, many will go cold and deceived by the, by the angels of light. That is, the devil tried to make signs and wonders, tried to deceive many. And Peter said, you need to get your, your, your clean through the word of God. Isaiah says, if you want to check the prophets... Look at the word of God. My friends, I don't know about you, but when I start thinking about the court of my texting ticket, I am a little nervous. <laughs> because I know because it's over 30 days, I didn't respond on time. I don't know if that's going to affect my, even my drive license, my permit, and all this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about you, but uncertainty bothers me. But I know one thing. I know one thing. Maybe my criminal background is not clean today for the, for the core district where I live. But I know that my criminal, criminal background for my Lord Jesus, when I ask for forgiveness, is clean. I don't know what is going to happen in that court. I'm going to go there, and you're not going to, going to pledge? I'm going to pledge guilty. <laughs> Say, I am guilty. I'm so sorry. Can you be so thankful that I can pay only $83 for the fee, and that's it? Because I mess up. That's part of my background, family problems. I'm already dealing with that. I'm asking Jesus to fix that part. But you know, I'm going to be in front of the court, this human court, and they're going to do the background check of my life, and you know what I'm going to look? I'm going to look bad. I'm going to look very bad. Because I have done something wrong. And I admit it, I'm guilty. Can you please be merciful just to make me pay just the minimum, just, just, just the minimum, please? Minimum damage. But that's when what Jesus said. 
In Matthew 25, 23, after he explained the signs of the second coming in 24, in 25 he said, verse 23, when you have done all of those things, come, my beautiful servant, come and rejoice with me. Come into the Lord, peace. I am going to give you all the reward you believe, you, 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 you have, and I have ready for you. What? You have a reward for me after I have done so much bad things? What are you thinking, Jesus? How is it you giving me a reward if I have done all of that bad thing? Even my family background is a mess, and my acts and my, my actions are wrong. And I'm not justifying because of my background. You need to help me to change that. But something is going wrong in my life. How is that? Jesus said, Number one, I paid already the fee for you. So forget about that. Number two, I want to take your background check, family and criminal. I want to erase it completely. I want to clean it completely. I want you to have not just a perfect background in your family. I want you to have a perfect criminal clean Immaculate background check for me. That's what Jesus said. For me, you may not compliance to the human laws, especially in the last days when they force us to do the, the wrong actions, even when they say you need to do the wrong things that Jesus said not to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this compliance. I'm going to go with this background check because I want to be clean in this background check. I want to be clean in His grace, in His mercy. I want He to take care of my background, my family background, and my criminal background and tell me, oh, my friend, don't worry because you're going to be fine in the court and in the judgment. You know, my friends, the judgment is happening right now. Oh, yes. We are living in the last days that means we're living in the day of judgment. We're living in the day that Jesus is reviewing our cases. He has all the files ready. He has, he's in the heavenly sanctuary with all the files, our criminal backgrounds right there. And you know what he's waiting for you and for I to do today to say, please, Jesus, can you take my family background and my criminal background and can you clean it for me and can you help me to walk in the light, in your word? Can I go and live this life with you in love? My friend, I don't know what is that family past that you want him to transform. But as I invite you to do that, I want also to invite you right now to get to the feet of Jesus, to go to the altar, to trust in Jesus, to open his word and follow his rules in love. Not because that is going to transform you or do anything good, but getting more in love to your Jesus. As I do that, I want to experience one thing. I want to experience the cleansing of my background. I want to be ready I want that cleanse to transform my life today. So that when I look at my life, I know I still need to work in some things, but I know that he is working and transforming even my behavior. So when I'm driving, when I'm talking, I'm not messing the other people's life. But I am walking in his light in his path. And that day, that day that is coming very soon, his second coming, you know what is going to happen? You know what is going to happen? He's going to come in the clouds. He's going to resurrect all the dead in Christ and we're going to meet him in the air and we're going to meet him. We're going to be like, really, 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 my background check is clean. And you're going to say, your background check is as clean as my background, my background check. Because my life substitutes your life. Oh, my good servant. Oh, my lovely sister. Oh, my lovely brother. Come into my rest. Come into my heaven. Come into my world. And we're going to be with Jesus forever and ever. 
So my friends, I want to invite you today to start living this renewed transformation of your thoughts, your mind, into the Word of God, through His Word. Because as Peter said, it's through the Word of God that is alive that we can get this transformation completely. So if you have dreams, visions, please go to the Word of God. Check it there. Get closer to Jesus. Because you know what? He's coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And I want to be transformed enough because he wants to continue have a relationship with me. Do you? Do you? I want to be with him. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for your word and transformation power. Dear Jesus, we know that you have the power to transform our backgrounds. And we need to. We need you, Lord Jesus, to come and transform each one of us. So please, Lord Jesus, as we, as we depart from this place to become your missionaries around our neighborhoods, we want, Lord Jesus, to, to trust and obey you according to your word in love so that we can be happy walking. Even if the world eventually will say that we are even criminals, <laughs> we want, Lord Jesus, to say that we may look like a criminal to the world, but we're following you and trusting in you. And we know you're going to take care of us in those moments. And you know you're going to tell us in the last day, come, good servant, come into my Lord. Oh, dear Jesus, thank you so much for this background check cleaning. Thank you for this wonderful light to our paths. Dear Jesus, be with us as we now walk this week closer and closer with you, to you. In your sweet name, we all pray. Amen. Please look us up online at the1-80.org and at the 180 YouTube channel. Please reach out to us with any questions or prayer requests. Until next time, thanks for listening.